Let's get right into it. Let's talk about Kenny Smith. And how amazing he is? Yes. Okay, so, Michael, you posted recently a video of the three of us jamming with Kenny Smith. I, I did um, do that. Yeah. It's on my YouTube channel. So, what was your feeling going into a jam with somebody as, like, ridiculously good as Kenny? Is it intimidating? Is that, it, that's a good like, question. Um, it was intimidating. It was also very exhilarating. Um, it, it was a lot of fun, to be honest. It was it was mainly fun. I m- much prefer jamming with people that are above my skill level than at or below my skill level because it it makes hey, me better. That hurt. I'm not. I never said anything about you. Can you stop interrupting, please? The anyway, man was talking. I, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Yeah, I do. I don't like playing bass though. I don't know. I don't I don't mind jamming with people like Kenny, but I prefer people that actually have some taste. What? <laughs> That's a joke. He's like the most tasteful uh, he, player. He is literally ever. the most tasteful player I, at all. I know. <laughs> ever. I I said this on on the the forum recently, but He's relaxed, yeah. Kenny's Kenny's picking can be best described as chill. Yeah. Oh, I, yes. I think you we, said chill. Yeah. I, I think we can all agree with that. It's he is the most chill player that I can think of. He's definitely Wait, the chillest. Which is not to say that he can't play fast, because he can rock oh, yeah, it through he one. He but, just plays smarter than the rest of us. Well, it's just when he's playing a tune through at like 500 beats per minute, he plays in such a way that it sounds like he's going really slow until you actually yeah. realize he's like wait a second we're going really fast. yeah he's making tracks yeah it's just it's his playing style it he plays a lot of half notes in it, it sounds slow even if the tempo whereas if you look at jake workman or trey hensley they, they play, both play like, like only who play like notes. just a 16th rapid string of eighth notes just they play no lot. matter how the how fast the song is going it's it's a different he's very unique he's one of the most unique guitar players i can think of yeah it's awesome he's a, he's a, he's the bomb and so dot com so jamming with somebody of his caliber do y'all find that you play better in a jam with somebody that that's that's that good or do you find that you kind of get like starstruck and like red light fever and mess up everything i think it's a little bit of both um there's something about playing with a player of that caliber to where they're back up and the ideas that they're throwing in with their solos inspire right. me and kind of lock me in in a way um yeah of course you know there's to some extent i think whenever we get nervous when we're playing it's because we're trying to impress somebody Overplay. or impress ourselves yeah. and just getting out of that mindset it's it's really tough but you just gotta chill that's the it's the main reason for nerves in any kind of performance whether that be music or otherwise yeah i would agree with that i would agree yeah remember remember um ben's video on performing anxiety yeah yeah 
Yes. We should link that in the show notes. It was, it's really insightful. Yeah, that was a really good one. And I mean, even if you're not performing, even if you're just like a regular person going through your day-to-day life, I would say that's... And suffering from anxiety. Even if you're not, even if you're just an ordinary person who thinks that video doesn't pertain to them at all, it pertains to you and you need to watch it because it was a very good, like detailed and insightful look on not only performance anxiety and nerves and such, but also uh, a very well thought out dissertation on humility and what it is and like what it means. We'll link that in the show notes. It's some, it's some amazing food for thought really. Unlike this podcast, which is just mediocre food for thought. So, Scotty, you went to a jam last night, didn't you? Yes, I did. And where where was that in, in Pennsylvania? That was at the River Birch Cafe in Morgantown, West Virginia. Is that where they always hold it, or was were they just... Well, they held it there all summer. Okay. They were up on top of the roof. It was really nice. So, wait, so you guys... Windy, but less... You guys were actually playing on top of a roof? Oh, yeah. The wind... I played bass for a couple tunes... When the wind blew, you thought the bass was going to go away. Really? Yeah. All that air the resistance. PA almost got, the PA speakers almost got blew over once. We had to lower them down. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. It was great, though. You could see the Monhange. You could see. You look, look out, and you could see the river with the train tracks by. It was really pretty. It's fun. I'm looking at the pictures you sent me now. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's can gorgeous. you send those in the text channel? Yes. And you said you were on top of what? Uh, I was nine stories up on an office building. Oh, cool. But the bottom floor and the roof are both rented by a cafe, so. That's really cool. Yeah, there was, at the at its largest, there were six of us at this jam. So it was like a live so performance, was, basically. You were playing. It was like a the... live performance. Like we were just sitting up there playing. That's cool, man. We had a microphone set up, and uh, we had microphones and a speaker, and. Everyone was just sitting there listening, relaxing like you would if you were playing at a restaurant like that anyway. That was pretty cool. You would get applauses in between songs and everything. So were you kind of the anomaly for the group? Yeah, they did. That was the first time I went, so I had to introduce myself and everything. How many people was it? Six? Six at the most. But this one old-time mandolin player jumped in for a little bit. So it looks like you guys had two mandolins, two guitars, a banjo, and a bass. Yeah, for most of the time we had one mandolin. Two guitars, okay. a banjo, and a bass. I thought out of all the instruments to double up on, guitar would be best. Yeah, probably. How, how do you feel about, if, if you're going to double instruments in a bluegrass band, jamming's a little bit different because that's more like just having right. fun, right? But if you listen to a bluegrass band that has instruments doubled, like 90% of the time it's going to be guitar. Guitars and fiddles are okay to be doubled. Yeah. I, in my opinion, everything else you can't really guitars and fiddles. Yeah, I mean, it's only it's okay the, to double guitars if one of your guitarists. If you have, if one of your guitarists like amazing. is always playing lead, if your guitarist occasionally plays a solo and is almost always playing rhythm, uh, you don't need two of that. So there's yeah. two instances when I would say it's fine to double guitars. One is when one of your guitarists is like Jake Workman and always playing lead, and you still need that backup of 
like a solid or there's a guitar player who's a singer yeah the other instance when it's okay to double guitars is when one of your guitars is playing an arch top and chopping rhythm chords or if one well i've seen and now dennis parker you owe me 25 bucks when sometimes uh people double guitars one is going to be playing out of a different position so like you're playing a tune in a one might be playing out of open a one might capo two and play out of g so they make sliding capos for that reason. Sliding capos? It's a lot cheaper than paying a second guitar player. Well, I mean, for rhythm, I mean, you know, having those two different voicings at the same time. <laughs> it's a joke. I think that's unnecessary, though. Okay. Uh, I'm not for I don't know. It, it just Ricky adds Skaggs a little has bit of... three guitars in his band. Who? Well, that's because you can't sing and play instrumentally coolly. It's you have to do one or the other. Uh, who, who did you say? I Ricky unless you're to differ there. Unless you're him. Unless who, you're Tony Rice. Did you say Ricky Skaggs at the start? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay, but if you look at no, we said look at Ricky. You someone said Ricky Skaggs had like three guitar players, yeah. and I said exactly. Well, but because if you look at Ricky Skaggs in Kentucky, band, I'm talking. I'm talking to you. Can't sing, you can't sing and be a crazy lead player. Is this not allowed in Kentucky Thunder? I don't think. Dennis Parker sings and he's a pretty good lead player, but he doesn't really play too much when they do stuff. Okay, what about Ricky? Oh, Ricky's the guy, so Um, he's allowed to. But if you look at Ricky's band, he has one guitarist that pretty much just plays rhythm, one guitarist that plays insane leads, and then one guitarist who is chopping chords on an arch top guitar which is exactly the uh model that i said exactly or speaking of kenny smith the kenny and amanda smith band had two guitar players that's true again kenny and amanda smith again kenny's always playing lead and amanda is playing only rhythm yeah Anyway, or if you have two good guitar players, Actually, they can just swap back and forth. So you always right. have at least one the rhythm Tony guitar Rice player. Unit. But remember yeah. when Wyatt would take solos? Boom. But it's unnecessary, though. It's no, it's not. It's part of it's part of the performance when the Tony Rice u- unit played John Hardy or whatever, and Tony would throw a solo to Wyatt, and it's just a showcase, basically. Yeah, I mean, why not? But all of music is just a showcase, so. Mm. I would Do you disagree? I think actually I think there's different bands that have different levels of showcasing. So if you look at a band like Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder, you have pretty much the insanest lead players there. I mean, it's like at the end of the end of the set where they play Rawhide and they're just throwing breaks and everybody gets a break basically. At 285 people. Oh, it's more like <laughs> 300 and 95 it depends on how many cups of coffee russ has had that's true although ricky kicks it off but that's designed to showcase the it doesn't matter (laughs) it's designed to showcase the individual musicians abilities whereas if you look at a band like doyle lawson and quicksilver yeah i feel like they put less of an emphasis on the musician and more of an emphasis on the music I mean, first of all, there's they're tasty. There's almost no guitar solos. I mean, occasionally Doyle has had a flat picking guitarist in his band, but 
and the style of music not, they not play really. is more traditional. There's less guitar, fewer guitar solos. And, and when they do take solos, it's all just a G run. Or, or and even the banjo solos or the fiddle solos, they're not the ripping Kentucky Thunder style. It's all meant to, it's all meant to complement the song, and the focus is kind of more telling a story with the song. Does that make any sense? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, think of all the great story songs that the Lost One does. Sure. Can you think of any? Yeah, that's what he's known for. Whereas Kentucky Thunder, they play really fast. <laughs> so what? Well, I, I mean, what's your opinion on hearing instrumental songs versus? The songs with like do you do you prefer songs with lyrics um it depends on the lyrics that's true but in general if you're if you're going to play a song do you like to cater your playing towards a solo or being more complimentary towards your voice if i'm gonna play a song or if i'm gonna listen i mean both okay so when i go to listen to music I would say probably most of the time uh, I prefer to listen to instrumental music. Interesting. That is and interesting. I would say of my playing, most of the time I'm playing instrumental music. And every once in a while I'll sing one. But I usually, if I'm just playing by myself, uh, I'd rather just play. I'm the opposite. I love singing. I, I am the opposite. I love singing even though... But so I, I love singing. Sing. I love singing. I just I'm less likely to do it while I'm holding an instrument. Uh especially if it's an instrument that I'm fairly competent on. It's true. Okay, so I've got a question for y'all also because well, so I'll just give you the question and then explain after I hear y'all's answer. When y'all listen to songs with lyrics, do you always pay attention to the lyrics or do you hear the lyrics Almost as if it was like a vocal solo. That's a good you question. You want to go I... first? Want me to go first? You can go first if you want. You can go first. You can always go first. Uh, okay. You got this. Um, it really depends. I think I used to listen to lyrics more, but when I started trying to actually sing more, it gave me a greater appreciation for really good vocalists. And in general, I... Unless the song is, unless the vocal part is pretty basic, most of the time, if I'm listening to a song and there's a kind of advanced or really difficult part to sing, yeah, it's like a solo almost. It's it's a showcase, at least that's how I view it. And part of the showcase versus story element, if you will, is in the ears of the listener. Yeah, I agree. It really just depends for me. Sometimes, well, it depends. Some songs I like, so I listen to the lyrics. And then, yeah, sometimes you hear a great singer, and you just sit there in amazement. I almost said amusement because the podcast name. You sit there staring stupidly. Because they're staring stupidly, yeah. You just stand there in amazement, and you're just like, wow. I wish I could sing like that. So none of us are advanced singers here, and most speak of us are... Speak for yourself. I mean, we're... Yeah, speak for yourself, Michael. <laughs> you, sh- you, should have, you should have heard the applause I got last night after I did Manicons and Sorrow. Anyway, I, none of us have spectacular... I can windows trying to sing uh, <laughs> Sunny Side of the Mountain in high B. 
Anyway, what I'm trying to say, Justin Bond, most of us have, or all of us rather have instrumental abilities that succeed our, our vocal abilities. Do you think that singing, and obviously we're all going to be biased, but do you think that singing is going to be harder than playing for most people? No. 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 Singing is supernatural. Singing is, no, singing is not supernatural. I mean, it kind of is though, but it's, it's very intuitive. Yeah, it's not uh, supernatural. Super it's super natural. I mean, natural. It's, I, yeah, it's super natural. As Welcome it's to intuitive. it's supernatural with Sid Roth. <laughs> anyway, um, I feel I, I feel the opposite way. I feel like playing an instrument is really natural, but singing is just I don't know. There's this. Well, so the way I look at it, you you look at like little kids, like two three year olds. They can like already sing. And with just a little bit of guidance, they can very quickly be taught to, like, carry a tune properly. Sure. Yeah, they can sing well. With with not really even that much training or anything, just... And obviously, everybody can sing Happy Birthday or whatever to some extent, but... Exactly. When uh, you, when you look of. at... There have been some rush, rough Happy Birthdays. But there's... I, have... I don't know. I feel like the diagram kind of intersects at some point like there's kind of a crossover point where when you're trying to make progress it's going to be easier on an instrument than your voice like okay so here's um and i've i've gone into depth on my now deceased blog about the subject of the (laughs) offgridmusician.com right uh offgridmusician.music.com or something Uh, like that by that domain I didn't buy it. It was free, free. but um, (laughs) I went into depth on the subject of, like, what instrument is harder, and your voice is basically another instrument, but the difference is your voice is biologically attached to you. So if you want to make your guitar lower, you can go out and buy a baritone guitar or, you know, tune your guitar lower. If you want to make it higher, slap a capo on it. If you want to make your voice higher, like, Go buy some helium, right? Mm-hmm. So I think singing on my chart or on my scale is one of the easier instruments in the beginning phases because yeah, in the beginning phases you already know how to suck at it, right? If you're going out and trying to, uh, you know, learn violin or whatever, you have to go out and expend a lot of effort before you even reach the level where you suck. Right. Yeah. So that makes sense. I would say to become proficient at singing, to be really good at it. Um, it's about the same between like an instrument and a vocal with the main difference being, uh, vocally you are biologically limited. Well, I think one interesting thing about singing versus instruments is a lot of people, when they start playing an instrument at a later age, it's harder for them because there's less neuroplasticity and playing an instrument, there's so much you have to learn. There's second. Um, I want you to keep in mind while you're talking that most of our audience is likely to be banjo players. <laughs> so I would keep. And you just said neuroplasticity. I, I just, so neuroplasticity, I if, you got, if you if you banjo players don't know, 
It's basically the amount of, I think it's referring to the amount of information your brain absorbs. <laughs> you think it's referring. No, it's, it's your If my neuroplasticity uh, it's is It's your correct, brain's ability to like to, to renew retain. itself. Anyway. To like Ooh. to change hey guys. and to... it's how easily you learn things. It has a lot of uh, a lot of correlation with that. But well, anyway, I was just gonna say, um, try and keep your use of ten dollar words to a minimum because most banjo players only have twenty dollars. <laughs> anyway, That's as true. I was saying before, say Gunner so rudely interrupted to save all of you banjo players is that me later when you. Uh, when you learn to play an instrument, it's generally better to do that in early age because there's, you're not familiar. So if you pick up a mandolin or a guitar, your fingers are not used to being on those frets, playing different things. It's, it's like learning how to use another part of your body or something. Whereas your voice, you've been using it since the day you were born. But one thing that's really interesting is the, Obviously, the more time you spend at anything, the better. But when you learn an instrument at a later age, generally you don't get as advanced as the person who's learning it when they're 10 and plays their entire life. But it's kind of like the reverse with singing. Not, ne not necessarily the reverse, but... You can get a lot of bad habits. When, really you, when you sing when you're a kid, it's almost like, well, your voice hasn't matured yet, so you're not really... It's constantly changing. So... True. You know, when people, a lot of, you know, it might be best to start learning to sing when you're 20 or whatever, um, because your voice is closer to maturing. I mean, I think the average male voice doesn't mature to like 30 or whatever, right? It's a long time to wait. It, it is, which is why. I would, I would. Which is why, that's why Michael hasn't been working on his singing no, that that's, much. <laughs> Right. You just said it's hopeless. I'm done, guys. Obviously, the you know songs that are notorious for being high, and being out of your range, and when you're a kid, you can sing that high because you haven't gone through puberty you're a kid. or whatever, and you're a kid. But then you become like 18, and your voice starts to lower, and you can't use the same basic vocal technique because the ceiling got lower and the bottom end got lower it's just a shift okay so i would say it's probably better if you if you want to be a singer and you're actually passionate about it not necessarily start as young as you can but if you want to start like early taking voice lessons getting like developing mm -hmm. proper technique and then I think the time when it's most important to actually keep working on your range and keep singing is like from the time you're like 12 through 15 if you're a guy or like 11 through 13 if you're a girl because your voice is changing. And I think that's when it's really important to stay on top of like doing your vocal exercises and keep pushing both ends of your range during that time because your voice is already changing so it's gonna have a little bit more right you have a little bit of you can have a little bit more plasticity there um yeah since we're dedicated to using big words now i guess um you can you can expand your limits 
And another thing people always get, they always forget that your range doesn't, that your range, your vocal range doesn't increase in just one direction. So if you can, most of the time, if you want to sing lower, singing higher, expanding your range higher helps because if just, uh, if you sing higher, it'll help you sing lower. And if you sing lower, it'll help you sing higher because you, most of the time your range will increase on both sides. So if you work on one side, It'll just increase everything. And I think... Because you're just loosening up your vocal cords I think more. so much they of... They give more plasticity. That's not even... Anyway, I think <laughs> there's this concept that I, I probably didn't come up with it. I, uh, But I, I kind of thought that the better you are at an instrument, it your level generally depends on how familiar you are with it. So, for instance... If you play guitar and you have trouble improvising, it's because you know, maybe you know where to find melodies on the fretboard, but you don't know the fretboard. Or you know how to do this, but you don't know it. And Can you stop calling me out like that? What? Yeah, me too. Anyway, it um, hurts. I'm calling myself out there too. Whereas, you know, a complete beginner, if they've heard. They can hear a melody and then they can sing it because they're very familiar with their voice. They know how to manipulate it. And to a certain level, you're experienced at knowing how to do whatever you want with it. Are you advocating the O'Connor method right now? No, I've, I've never even. What is the O'Connor method? Never mind. I, I've never been through the next time method. We we can but. delve into the depths of Mark O'Connor next podcast. Okay, did I just parrot Mark O'Connor or something? No, uh, yes, not really. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Okay, you, you'll well, find out guess, next week. Like great minds think alike, right? This is mean I'm destined. I, to be great I think Scott. I think we need to double down on working on Michael for humility. <laughs> That was uh, a yeah. joke. That was definitely a joke. humility. You know, no. being humble is a really great virtue. Yeah. No, Michael, I wasn't. It's even better than playing the guitar really well. No, Michael, I wasn't it's talking better. about you calling yourself equal with Mark O'Connor. I was. I didn't call myself talking about equal. yourself calling yourself equal with Mark O'Connor in a different way. But we'll talk about it next week. Moving on. <laughs> no, back to the original topic. What we were supposed to be talking about was my jam last night. Well, was it was it blackberry or blueberry? <laughs> I'm a classical guitarist first and foremost. Can um, we kick him out? The word classical is forbidden to be spoken. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think it is. I don't think it is classical, classical, classical. This is this is more than just bluegrass gunner. It's it's about the yeah gunner. Oh, you together. want class? Hang on. It's no. It's it's I'll about play classical music. gas on the guitar for you. It's about music, not just our niche form of music. Well, Even if some of our niches are larger than others, it's not fair. You can actually make money in your niche. <laughs> I feel like there's less professional classical guitarists that are making a living than there are flat pickers. That is categorically false. Really? No. 
I mean, it's there is like way more popular. A classical guitarist making a living playing classical guitar in every little hamlet in Europe, and two in the medium-sized hamlets. (laughs) It's a it's a niche instrument too. Do you think guitar is the most popular instrument, or is it piano? I would say guitar. I know what it's not. I would say guitar because you have to think about internationally. There's a lot of people in. There's a lot of people in like developing nations who have never seen a piano, you know, never will have a piano, but they have guitars and they can play them. Hmm. Unless you want to bring I'm in. Looking like, at you, Bushy One String. What's, it, what's that guy's name? Bushy One String. Yeah. Chicken in the cone. And the cone won't go. Bushy what? Okay, uh, Michael, for your um, your homework this week, I want you to go home and go on YouTube and Google I'm brushy right one now. string chicken in the corn. I had just come. It just came up when I googled brushy one string. That's the first result. Yeah, we'll put so, it in the show. Okay, watch that. It's very fifty-two million views. Yes. Yeah, he's famous. You'll understand why when you he went watch viral. it. Um, should we just get my raw reaction right now? Yes. All right. What? <laughs> he's just doing a baseline that's <laughs> Our listeners are going to be like, "What is this silence?" Where where is this? Where is this taking place? South America? San Francisco? I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's look it up. But but Michael's sense of humor is underdeveloped enough that it does not Exist. properly grasp. It, it doesn't properly grasp the the high level of of this guy's music. He's a classical guitarist. He's not a classical guitarist. Look at his guitar. It's got a slotted peg head. That makes it classical. But does he have the nails? I'm sure he does. I'm sure he okay. probably might not. Now I understand why that has 52 million views. Thank you, Internet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he even has a documentary. Wait, a what? Documentary. He even has a couple democ. He even has a... He has a documentary. Can we start a GoFundMe to get Scotty some voice lessons? Like speech therapy? Speech therapy? <laughs> You're so... <laughs> hey, it's, not, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I've, a lot of people said I should have gone through speech therapy when I was a kid. And I didn't know. No, my sister who's a nurse actually said maybe I should go and get speech therapy because I, I, I don't talk well. Well, I didn't do all. speech therapy and now look what's happened to me. I sound like a bloomin'. Right, you always talk with a weird accent. I sound like a bloomin' Irishman, so I do. <laughs> like a bloomin' Irishman. I will say... Hey, I have a joke for... I, hey, if, Donner, I have If you're Irish, Irish and listen you. to this, please do not be rude about me accent. I'm Irish, and I'm listening to this, and I think it's extremely... Well, rude. you remember when I asked for your opinion? Yes, Me I neither. Am. You're Irish? Blair, it's... Celtic. Oh, okay. I didn't. Blair Scottish. Yeah, but Boyd is Irish, and that's my other. That's my grandmother. She's Boyd is Welsh. She's more Irish. You sure? The name Boyd is Welsh. They have like a castle in. It's Welsh. We have a castle in Ireland. We have a castle in Ireland, and 
In fact, no, one of our the old cabins. We're going to edit that, this uh, part out because this is not pertaining. You to know the, the longest town name in the world? I, that video is great. Go- what? Google, Michael, Michael, Google, what is the longest town name in the world? Okay, back to my jam. Wait, wait, no, no. We're we're done with your jam. But my jam was amazing. Well, hang on. Michael. It my, lasted for like four hours up Michael, there. Michael, do you have it up? Yeah. It does it start Actually, with I does absolutely... it start with two L's? Um <laughs> Jan Fair yeah. No, no. I will I will tell you how it's pronounced. How long did you spend trying to pronounce that? About five minutes. <laughs> that's not that. That's not nearly long enough. See, that's what. I, see, maybe I shouldn't that's go get speech therapy. It's a legit place. It's a legit place in in Wales. <laughs> the The name actually means like Church of Saint Tisley by the Round Rock and Church of Mary of the Blooming Fountain or something. <laughs> oh, Catholics. Oh no! Wait, there's actually. Oh well, that's the longest town name i guess there's the longest place name that's in new zealand yeah it's it's uh it's maori or something like that how long should this how long how long have we been going i don't know i was almost an hour no you've been on here for an hour we didn't start at an hour i think we started around four a little bit after 4 30 ish it's it's only four o'clock well our time yeah, our time. Hey, entertain um, the people. Entertain the people for about three minutes. I have to go check on my beans on the stove. I'll be back shortly. Um, so I'm scrolling through Reddit now. How did the longest placed name come up? <laughs> it was Gunner in his stupid accent after he made fun of my talking and saying I need speech therapy. This is this podcast seems not organized enough. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. No, we went from talking about my jam to talking about his blog. Because I said I sang... um, I said I sang um, Mana Constant Sorrow Uh really awesome, and it was super dope. And I got cool applauses, and it made me feel awesome. Yeah. I need to be a musician. Being on the stage is so cool. So did you successfully remember all five verses of Man of Constant Sorrow? We got through four. Which one did you forget? Um, The valley one. You can bury me in some deep valley. That one. Yeah. That's like the best verse. <laughs> Well, someone didn't remember it, so I didn't have my phone on me. Yeah, you, on the guitar, you just, like yeah. I normally do. Put it on the. On top I had of to the keep guitar. it looking professional. I had to, I got a super cool solo to it. I'm like da 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 I'm gonna have to. I'll have to record a video of me doing it. I'll record myself do a video, and I can put it on the form. Yeah. Because basically, I'm Dan Clooney. <laughs> Dan Clooney. George Tominsky. George Tominsky. Maybe that's the one to go with. What's the actual character in the movie's name, though? I have no idea. 
I watched it once, but I can't remember. You watched the entire movie? Yeah. Mostly just for the soundtrack. I'm surprised you watched that entire about... movie. I wonder how Gunner's Beans are doing. I don't know. Okay, I'm back. Uh, what's, Hello? What's our next, what's our next topic? <laughs> it's your turn, Michael, I think. It's my turn? Wait, what was my first topic? The singing? No, that was my topic. Oh, so... What did you start with, Gunner? Kenny Smith. Yeah. yeah, you talked about Kenny Smith. So it's your turn, Michael. We talked about my jam for about eight seconds and then talked about everything else under the sun. So it's your turn, Michael. So far, we've been kind of, I feel like, a little bit guitar-centric up to this point. Do you want to start like a... It's because the guitars are the best. Everybody knows that... uh, I think it would be good to talk about a non-guitar instrument for just a little while to show people that we actually are multi-instrumentalists and not just guitar players just guitar players and singers not just guitar player singers posing as actual musicians so yeah so i played no let's mike let's talk about mandolin players real quick because there's the common trend i think in the bluegrass world and that's that mandolin players tend to be the band leaders or i should say band leaders tend to be mandolin players just have you noticed that you want to give us some? Exa- no. Do you want to give us some examples besides Ronda Vincent and Ricky Skaggs no. and Doyle Lawson? No, I'm thinking. Yeah, well, Ricky yeah. Skaggs, Doyle I want Lawson, other examples. Um, Ronda besides- Vincent, Bill Monroe, Sierra Hall, um, Dan Tominsky's not really a ba- uh, band leader, but Dan Tominsky's a singer. Yeah, and he plays <laughs> yeah. guitar. But Dan Tominsky's um, a singer who also plays mandolin and everything else. Okay, but I think I think there's enough variety that I don't think any I can't I don't think we can say that mandolin players lead too many bands because I think we have enough of everything. You know, I would say I'm waiting to yeah. well I, bass. We need more bass players heading up bands. I yeah. haven't seen a single bass player really heading up a band. I mean, Spellwater Drive. Well, there's not really a singular leader in that band. No, not really. It's I mean, it's one okay. of those bands where. There's no real leader, so... Yeah. How would you define band leader? The person who leads the band. <laughs> yeah, but, like, what... Some bands don't really have when, a band when leader. You're, so when you're leading the band, what what does that mean? It basically means you're the front you're man. You're the boss. You're, you organize, you decide, like, what songs you play. Um, basically, you do all the talking at the shows. So you're the MC. Not just the MC. There's way more involved. Your well, name is you in the title, at, generally. If you look at, like, J.D. Crow in the New South, like, J.D. never talked. He never spoke. Did he, he never just, talk? I he, guess no, Ricky Watson did. did the... Yeah, he had, like... Uh, but he was, he's still the band leader. That's because he's the he most had... famous person. And the yeah. most experienced person. So, like, do you... Are you the band leader just because, like, your name's in the title? Is it because you hired everybody? Um, how I is guess the if audience you started the band. How is... If you started the band, I think you can be band Or there leader. could yeah. be, like, a dual band leadership, like the Kenny Amanda Smith band. They're both the band leader, basically. Yeah, they're the people. They're the band yeah, so leaders. I, think, I mean, like, being a, a band leader is more than just, you know, 
singing most of the songs or telling most of the jokes or uh you know having your name on the title it's there's a lot of but like if look you... at daly and vincent they're yeah they're the guys they're, they're because the they're they're duel. both like equally famous and they started the band together and they, yeah, they hired started the band people. together then they hired people um yeah the one but thing like if you um jimmy martin wasn't jimmy martin really because spe- i remember i watched uh, an interview with um somebody <laughs> and he was talking about how extremely specific he was even with solos like he was telling them what he wanted him to play basically yeah like you know he's definitely band leadering yeah and obviously he was i mean it was jimmy martin and the sunny mountain boys so yeah one thing though is i don't see a lot of banjo band leaders i mean there's um special c i was gonna say the same thing you don't yeah and you don't see too many of them, though. Joe Mullins. I love Joe Mullins. Okay. Joe Mullins and the Radio Ramblers, and then pretty much it's it's usually a Flatten Scruggs. Yeah, that was that was a duo. That's because that's because it's that was a duo. It's because it's probably because banjo players tend not to sing. That's true, and they're not very. I mean, the playing is kind of in your face, but they're not always in your face. <laughs> yeah, the guitar player usually has how to step back, like a really big stage presence but that's that's another thing too is if your band doesn't have a band leader how many personnel changes do you have to go through before you're not you don't bear any semblance or you're not really that band anymore you probably still try to go for that band sound though yeah it's like well it's just like the ship of theseus where can we ask um ask mile 12 mile 12 yeah I I I've heard the name, but wait, there. David Benedict plays with them, right? No, he used to. So him and Bronwyn Keith Hines used to play with them, and they both just left. And but before them, they had um, uh, some Whitler, I think was his last name. I don't remember huh. his first name. Um. But they've had several band changes, and they seem more like a a partnership type band rather than a straight up leadership. Or maybe like Blue Highway, where yeah, it's yeah. like Blue Highway is a good example. It's I mean, you guys know the ship of Theseus, obviously. Where yeah, we're smart people. <laughs> you know, if a ship if a ship's parts enough of its parts get replaced, how long does it take before that ship's not really? the ship anymore so blue highways only had that? because i'm actually not familiar with that the ship of theseus yeah so let me see if i can i'll link it in the show notes but the idea is when you apply it to a bluegrass band if you have one person left that's if blue highway gets down to just jason what is it jason burleson who's playing the banjo and he's the only original member left they still call themselves blue highway but what if he leaves or you know if this is really far in the future like he dies or whatever can they still call themselves blue highway well who has intellectual rights to the name blue highway and blue highways only had 
Blue yeah, Highway's only idea. swapped Dobro players because, you know, if you look at a band like Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver, Doyle's been the only constant member. Like, there's so many yeah. personnel changes in that band that it's going to be it's going to be weird when he when he steps down if they still keep going as a band i guess they'd just be quicksilver they'll just be quicksilver which admittedly be sad. sounds really cool as a band name um it actually does it is a really cool band name yeah but then they can't call themselves dlq it'll just be q um <laughs> <laughs> just be q yeah and that that would turn off about half of the bluegrass audience especially those from cba Wait, what's CBA? California California Bluegrass Association. What's up with them? They're from California. But in pertaining to Doyle Lawson and the, Quicksilver. No, no, not pertaining to Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver. Pertaining to if Doyle Lawson were to leave and they were to rename the band Quicksilver and go by the shortening Q. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what that group sounds like after Doyle leaves. You know who they're gonna get to play mandolin or me? They should they should hire me. I think we're way over time. I think we are. Okay. How are we gonna end? I think this? once we edit everything, we'll be probably down to how about we half an end hour. It? What? Uh, how, how do I, we end this? I it's suggest be... we end it with one of us playing Ashokan farewell. And I'm already holding my guitar. We're gonna I say we end it with um, Andy Leftwich playing Shaken Farewell. Anyway, we'll we'll put some uh, outro music. I, I think I think we can record some mandolin and guitar or something. Sounds good. I think this was a successful first episode, no matter how rambling it was. Talk to you guys later. See ya. Bye. That was that was not bad. Um, actually, it was pretty bad. But it was so off topic. It was all right.